find it a little difficult to say what the subject matter is going to be because it's too fundamental to give it a title. I'm going to talk about what there is. See, I'm a philosopher and I'm not going to argue very much because if you don't argue with me, I don't know what I think. So if we argue, I say thank you because though going to the courtesy of your taking a different point of view, I understand what I mean. Hello and welcome back to the podcast formerly known as The Last Turtle Podcast. I am Jay and I'm here to tell you that The Last Turtle Podcast is dead. Long live the Citizen Philosophy Podcast. So I've uh, I've updated while resurrected this podcast which has been dormant for a couple of years, but I intend to um to keep it going and um to do a lot more with it. And one of the reasons I wanted to change the name is because uh, after starting a, a local meetup called Citizen Philosophy here in Portland, I've realized that this concept, which borrows its name from Citizen Science, is this idea that it really encapsulates a lot more what I want to do with the podcast and the kind of guests I want to have on. And while I want to have professional philosophers with PhDs and all that, you know, citizen philosophy for me basically means that philosophy shouldn't be practiced or explored or enjoyed only by academics. Right, it's uh, just like citizen science, where regular citizens get to participate and, and do science, even if it's not at the same scope or scale or level uh, or degree as as scientists in in labs. But it's still open to everyone who's really interested. And I think philosophy lends itself uh, much better to that because, for the most part, no equipment needed. So I've set this up with the intention to invite anyone who wants to participate in philosophy and discuss philosophy without having to know how to quote all the greats or, you know, know all the terms, but is willing to learn as they go and still are interested in hearing or discussing all of these topics that are encapsulated uh, in this. And so I thought it was, I thought it was a good fit to, uh, to change the name of the podcast, which is also uh, a lot more descriptive and I think more more inviting. And it just so happens that the guest I have today, I would definitely consider a citizen philosopher. I actually forgot to ask him during the conversation. I, I don't know what he would think about uh, this label applied to him, but I wouldn't be surprised if he would be comfortable with that, given how much philosophy shows up in his projects. So today I'm speaking to Kirby Ferguson, who is a filmmaker and writer and speaker who has created, most famously, the Everything is a Remix web documentary series, and most recently, the This is Not a Conspiracy Theory documentary. Both are absolutely brilliant, and I'm a big, big fan of those works. They uh, are both available online at everythingisaremix.info and thisisnotaconspiracytheory.com, but I will link to everything in the show notes, so it's easy to find at citizenphilosophy.com. But let me spare you any additional preamble. Here's my conversation with Kirby Ferguson. So I, I've been wanting to talk to you for a long time. We met very yeah. briefly other than on Twitter at yes. XOXO, the yep. festival here in Portland. Mm-hmm. Um, and you've had a bunch of projects that I think a lot of people are aware of and we're going to get into mm-hmm. into all of them. But I think you're... you're uh, 
your true masterpiece, which I, I was thinking of where to start, right? Because mm-hmm. you've done a lot of things and you're working on a few things currently. But I think your masterpiece is truly goodie bag, right? <laughs> That's, <laughs> it's funny because in, you know, looking at all your stuff and that was not what and I expected. preparing for, <laughs> for this, I then discovered just, you know, this just mor- recently, just this oh, morning wow. about goodie bag. Your, okay. your, I, I'm dying to know <laughs> a little bit about that. <laughs> Because those are hilarious. You and, went deep. That's and good. They're, and they're like nine years old or ten years old. And yeah, or older. I may have uploaded them after. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so I'm not sure that those dates on bits. YouTube. <laughs> it's. Um, yeah, I started doing sketch comedy. That was my first thing. I, I did sketch comedy and streeters, street interviews and stuff. So do you mean that, or do you mean the? I also did direct to camera stuff that was also called Goodie Bag. So I started with sketch comedy. And then when I moved to New York, it was like, oh, I don't have any friends to shoot with anymore. So then I started doing the, yeah, I think those the video are, blog. I think those are the stuff. only ones that are on your... It's just you talking with some, you know... Oh, I see. Okay, so there's there's that. And that became Everything oh. is Remix later. But I started with... If you go really deep, some of these some of these sketches are on there as well. Um, so I basically I started doing comedy with my friends, like when digital video hit uh, in like the early aughts or whatever like it was around 2001 or something like that that's a long motherfucking time ago (laughs) um so video hit and i was like oh like you can like you can shoot stuff and it looks relatively good and you can cut on your computer like holy shit i'm gonna get into that because i was always interested in film but i thought there's just no way to practice it there's no way to do it except for shitty analog video which just did not didn't remotely get across the ideas, the, the kind of style that you would want to get across. Yeah. Um, so I was a graphic designer before that. I worked in advertising. So I had an, I was good with Photoshop and I was good with graphics and I had some skills going in. Then I was like, yeah, comedy just was my, I was into comedy. It was just a natural place to go. And it has like when you're no good, like when you, when you have <laughs> no, when your skills are low, it's a good place to start. Cause, cause if it's funny, who gives a shit if, if it's, yeah, if your fo- if your color bounces, color bounces whack or whatever. Totally, yeah. Nobody yeah. cares. Nobody cares. How, yeah, matter of fact, if it's too slick, that's not funny. Like it's, right. if it's kind of raw, that's that's good. Yeah. So I started doing sketch comedy bits, and then I, I was in Toronto at that time. I'm from Canada originally, uh, and then I met my wife in New York. We eventually, not eventually, pretty quickly moved to New York. And when I moved to New York, I was like, oh, well, I don't have any way to shoot comedy with anymore, but I still wanted to make stuff. So I started doing direct camera stuff. And this was then, this was then Zay Frank was doing something called The Show, then, which was a daily video blog, a very early successful video blog. And I was inspired by that. I was like, wow, like this format's really interesting. interesting. It's format, like direct, yeah, yeah direct to camera, uh, short comedy bits, like super, because uh, it's quick. It's easy. It's not. I mean, I made it difficult, but it, it's fairly easy in its before, essence. Before still TikTok do. and yeah. all the lines, yes, and all the, totally, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and cool. like that's still that that genre is, is has become so huge. Now. Oh, yeah. It's so big. Yeah. But I never got quick at it. Zay did his show daily. I think it was wow. called the Daily. Maybe what was it called? Anyway, he did them every freaking day. Like, I don't know how he pulled that off for, I think he did it for about a year. He, wow. did, he did them daily. It, that's like an athletic feat. And he was traveling and doing talks and stuff like that. And somehow like he had a very different process than the way that I work. Like he would, he didn't write, 
he would just talk, whereas I write. Like, I get things ready to beforehand, I rehearse it, and it's yeah. very, yeah, it's very fussy. Like, I'm just generally very fussy with my process. <laughs> um, it's laborsome, you know, it's slow. It's and I never... Borderline perfectionist. Uh, I don't know if perfectionist is the right word. It's yeah. just a laborsome... And it's become worse. We can get to it later when we get to some of the yeah, newer yeah, stuff. Yeah. But, like, it's just, it's become so glacially slow that I have to, like, change yeah. it and do something else. But it's it's mostly the product of having a bunch of different uh, aspects that I have to do really well. Like, I have to do research really well, and I have to do uh, writing really well, and then I have to do audio production really well, and then I have to do video production, and all the subsets within right. each of those I have to do really well. So it's just, it's too much for one person to do, basically. Yeah. So I tried to do them weekly i think i managed that for a bit but then they got slower and slower and it didn't bother me i was like i it doesn't i don't care about weekly i want to make interesting things that are challenging so they got slower and slower and they slowly kind of morphed into something that was sort of like everything is a remix and then basically when i did everything is everything is a remix was my breakout series that yeah. was like went viral and it was really popular and it changed my life and i i stopped quit my job i had i was working in video at that point i had managed to switch over to video production uh but when i did that series that like changed my life pretty quickly and i quit my job and i managed and i i'm assuming you're still a free man. yeah yeah, yeah i've been doing it for a long time now yeah yeah, yeah it's been a while so basically that form turned into everything's remix. I just thought it's so boring to like, to, to me at the time it was like, it's boring to look at somebody's head the whole time. It'd right. be interesting if like you could see other interesting elements rather than just somebody's mug. Look, so I took myself out of it and, and that that was how I started. That's pretty remix. cool. Yeah. L- looking at those, and I'm, I'm glad I stumbled upon that yeah. um, because one, it surprised me a little because your you know, everything is a remix and, and this is not a conspiracy theory is seems very serious right in, in <laughs> there's some, some jokes ways. in there's, everything there's remix, definitely, but yeah, yes 100 yeah. but now looking at it in retrospect i can see one the the style right yes. like the sort of the, your presentation and your, yeah. your storytelling uh-huh. uh style is definitely in there and it looked like a, a, a practice kind of a, yeah. a building up that, that yes. process so it's very cool so i, I do want to get into so the thing i wanted to talk to you the most about is yes. this is not a conspiracy theory which awesome. we just finished and it is let me get the That's okay. Everybody wants to talk about everything. Everything is remixed. I'm sorry. Uh, no, it's just, it's, it's, um, it was. But this very is my new thing. So this is right? what I want to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah. was. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think there are some things that stood out there. And I'm just curious about your opinion on some of the aspects of that. Because you're also doing something you're still working on, which is Copy This, the podcast. is No, I had, it's kind of on hiatus oh, at the moment. Okay. I think they ran out of money or something like that. So that's not oh, my that thing. Was, that's a, Yeah, that's like a non that's like I a, realize that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's like... A, they're called the Recreate Coalition, and they, they're, they're some sort of hmm. advocacy group that does, you know, pro low liberal copyright policies for tech is is their interest oh, and, no, and i happen cool. to be aligned with that so right, so right. We work together i like it because it's bite-sized and it's yep. useful information and yes i think uh a theme through your work is like illuminating content yeah. right it's yes. that you're like oh I'm, I'm not only learning something but it's it's um elucidating some aspects nuances of a lot of yeah. a lot of things um and so in in everything is a remix which i you know um I've been sending it to everybody I know that's like great. since I since I stumbled upon it. That's awesome. And it's nice. Now now you've remastered it like in 2015 yep. and there's yes. like you can watch it in one yeah. uh one shot. Um somewhere in there you said and I, I don't know if it's your quote or somebody else's I think it's somebody else's uh the creation requires influence. No, that's me, I think. That is you. Yeah. I don't know that it's mine. No, 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 it's, it's not, not no. especially original but, an, but an exa- I think I yeah, I don't this, think I got it from somebody else. 
I think that's, that's, I've wondered a lot about creativity because I'm curious what you think about, you have gone into great lengths in, in everything's a remix and then following sort of additional videos, you have the four kind of how to get an idea and to work mm-hmm. through an idea yeah, and yeah. to build out an idea, which is fantastic. And so there is a technical process, but there is this thing of thinking people, some people are more creative than others. Some people yeah. maybe have talent. Yes. Um, I'm wondering what your thoughts about how, what that component is. Is it just Having a talent, building maybe? skill? Or are people, some people are just sort of naturally more creative and they just yeah. don't know that they're doing the same process? Oh, I think some people have it and they don't know that they have it, but they got it somehow. Like you got it somehow in your lifestyle. Cory Doctorow has referred to it as like you practiced without knowing that you were practicing. I think that's the essence of it, generally speaking. But some sort of something that's innate. I mean, I think, you know, your psychology certainly can be an aspect of it. Like you can just be wired a certain way. Like you can, some people are, you know, cognitively diverse and they just, like Van Gogh, I think there's evidence that I don't know what condition he had, but there's evidence that he had some visual condition or, or neurological condition or whatever. And he actually saw, he, he actually was depicting what he was seeing to right. some degree. So sometimes it can just be your, your wiring, but... Yeah. Generally speaking, I think it's something that you've developed in your life. Like if you're a comedian, for instance, you can just go through your life being funny and then you can just suddenly get up on stage. And as long as you don't choke, you can maybe just be funny right off the bat because you've been doing it your whole life. Right. So I think for the most part, when people have talent, it's something that they've been doing for a long time without knowing it. But generally speaking, I think it's just it's a skill like anything else that you develop over time. Like it doesn't matter if you if you have great natural talent for a sport, let's say like it doesn't matter. Like unless you develop that talent, it doesn't really matter. Like maybe you'll be better than the the guys that you play pickup basketball with or whatever. But, you know, if you get if you if you try to compete with somebody who has very low talent, but has skills and has been practicing a lot like they're going to destroy you. They're going to totally demolish you. So, um it seems like a spectrum where there is a combination of where your starting point was and yeah. your acclivity is, yes. plus then how much effort you put into that on top yeah. of it. Yeah, that's I mean, the, the world discovered not that long ago um, a phenomenon called ap- apanthasia. Or ap- I don't know what that is. Where there are people who cannot visualize anything in their mind, like visual. I've heard of that. It's, My it's, wife and I just talked about this. They talked about how some people, I don't know if this is the same thing, but she talked about how some people... It's going viral online right now, I think. But some people don't have... I have an interior monologue, right? Do you have this? Yep. You're jabbering in your head like all the fucking time, yes, right? It's, and it's like you wish... You do it so much that you wish you weren't doing it so right. much, right? And people meditate and go on silence retreats and stuff oh, like yeah. that to try to quiet this thing down. And some people don't have that. Have you heard of this? I have not heard of that. Yeah, some people don't have... They don't have a voice going in their head Whoa. all day long. And apparently it's lots of people. And they also can't read and visual... This is this... I hope my wife didn't mangle this. <laughs> she also claimed that when they read, they can't, like, visualize what they're reading. So they, they're just... Their brain is wired in a very different way. I don't know if it's related to that concept. There, but, there might be... Either there's an overlap or there are some yeah. people with... Or maybe it's related. I definitely know that there are people who can have the monologue, like an auditory thing, but they yes. can't get like visual if they try to imagine an apple right or anything like they can't form yeah that's image wild at all, to me which is yeah i can't yeah that's not me the, yeah the brain side of all of yeah, that. yeah yeah and i wonder if that affects um creativity maybe people sure. on the other end of the spectrum yeah just naturally form different connections can you know combine i wonder if you're things. you're very limited in what you can do if you can't do that actually it sounds like yeah a liability to me 
It sounds like kind of uh, it, it could be good for your. I, I'm thinking more of the interior model. Yeah, thing. it seems it's like it could be good. Thin. Yeah, it could be good for your life, maybe. But I'm not so sure it'd be good for doing creative work. Yeah, but, anyway. yeah. I don't know much about that, so I, I might be, that might be, everything I said might be totally wrong. But that's part of the whole thing of like how the brain works. You had another good one where you collect things from the outside, experiences, information, and then your, your subconscious cooks the meal, but your yeah. conscious mind buys the groceries. Yes. I love Correct. That. Yes. Yes. It's brilliant. That's right. And it, it's just the idea where, um, Mo- we don't really know where our ideas come yes. from. So. Yeah, that's in the black box. Yeah. yeah. Okay, let me get to the thing I really want to talk okay, about. Okay, yes. So this has been how long uh, of a project? This is like eight, this Almost year? eight years. Wow. Yeah. Yep. I, so when after Everything is a Remix, you basically went on Kickstarter, said, hey, yep. I'm doing this project. Yes. I'll be honest, I saw the video, mm-hmm. the preview, and I was like, I have no idea what this is about. <laughs> no, I didn't know. But either. after what I've seen, whatever you're working uh-huh. on, here's some money. Go, go please go do <laughs> this. I, I, I want to know what it is. And I can't tell where in, because you've been releasing episodes throughout mm-hmm. you know, the past several yeah. years. And I don't remember at what point it hit me uh-huh. of what this thing really is about. But it wow. was very impactful. Wow, that's awesome. Yes. It that's was amazing. Not only, in, and again, I'm, I'm let me get all the gushing out of the way yes. now so we can talk about the details. Okay. It is, people say always like storytelling and all that. It's kind of like a, the word about, you know, creativity and, mm-hmm. and things like that. But I think your format and the way you've created um, your material, it's like captivating storytelling. Great. Right? It is, it is, it is well-crafted, obviously, and, you know, you expose your process in, in videos and other ways. It's obviously like well-thought-out well-crafted, uh, it takes you a long time, you have mm-hmm. collaborators, you, know, mm-hmm. you work on all the aspects of it until it's very, very good. But it's not just you uh, manage to convey the information really well. I'm captivated like every minute of it. Like It, oh, it, awesome. it, is, it is very um, That's imp- impactful. That's great. Part of me was resistant in, in talking about all the details because it's one of those things where I feel like I don't want to spoil it for people, <laughs> right? Like I don't want to okay. put spoilers. Uh, and so it's worth saying that no matter what we talk about, it's not going to convey like a fraction of oh, sure. what the series yeah. is. And so I, yeah. I recommend everybody go and watch it. It's just 15 bucks, I think. It's, it's, yeah. it's well worth it. And so what's your basic description of what the thing is about? This is not a conspiracy theory. Is a uh, it's about ninety minutes. It's in the style of a conspiracy theory video. So it's, it's a guy. It's me, <laughs> coincidentally, uh, talking, and then it's found visuals. It's design visuals. It's popular culture. It's media. It's a montage of different sorts of uh, different sorts of visuals. So it's in the style of conspiracy theory. I wanted to basically do something where. I like what conspiracy theories try to do, generally speaking. Like, and I've been around them for a long time now. Like, I've been intrigued by them because I love what they promise. I love that they're like, we're going to lift the curtain. We're going to show you what's really going on. Like, I, I find that totally sexy. That's completely hot. I'm like, yes, yes, yes. Let me in. But then inevitably, they lift the curtain. And like, you got to be fucking kidding me, right? Like, it's like, I, it seems like going to one of those, like, freak shows in the old day where like it's the two-headed cow yeah. or whatever and some dead thing that they you know <laughs> sewn a second head onto or whatever right like it's just so disappointing once you actually get in there so i think that the basic premise of it was like i want to do that 
but I want to like I want there to be I want to be well researched and not sloppy bullshit like what everybody does, but like something that <laughs> uh, like is is rigorous. Like I really tried to get everything right <clears throat> and has some sort of insight into what is going on in the world. Something that like I think what conspiracy theories aspire to do is to transform your perceptions, right? Like they want you to look at the world a different way. And you do look at, if you do take that idea on that, like, oh, somebody's doing everything, then like you do look at the world a different way. Like it's this algorithm that's running in your mind and it transforms how you perceive the world. But I don't think it transforms it in a positive way. I think you're kind of better off without it. I mean, there are aspects of the world that are conspiratorial. Like I I think there's, there's some benefit to that, but that's, that's just sort of like the stopped watch being right a couple of times a day. Like you're mostly going to be wrong with that. (laughs) So I want to give people a different way of looking at the world, and that's the objective of the series. And so it's basically a series that's about how showing people don't control society, they don't control the future, and that we are in fact controlled by systems. So I wanted to give people kind of a basic introduction to how complex, what complexity is, how systems work, and like what are these real forces that shape our lives. So it's an attempt to re-gear, give people a new way of looking at the world that I think is more powerful and insightful than the, like, oh, just somebody's doing it. It's bad people that are doing it, and we yeah. have to beat them, and then everything's going to be great. And it's a it's a view of the world that isn't super... Uh, it, it doesn't have easy answers. Like, it's not, like, just you got to do this and that and whatever. Like, it's I want to give people a tool so that you can look at the world a different way, and then how you solve problems is still very complex, and there's no easy answers there. I was thinking about it in, in terms of a tool for critical thinking. Yeah. Uh, and it seems like a really good antidote to a lot of cons- conspiracy yeah. type of thinking. Yes. And your timing, I, I feel like, couldn't be better. I know, it worked out super well, crazy well, yeah. I, I know, I know. Yeah. And um, and so there are two big components for me, and I, it sounds like one of them definitely was your goal is, is a sort of combating perhaps, I don't know if that's the best word, um, specifically like the way we're thinking about conspiracies, just in particular, just straight up conspiracies and yeah. people espousing conspiracies and believing conspiracies. I'm not going to name names, but I have a really good friend that I love dearly who, you know, got really, really into as mm-hmm. deep as possible into wow. conspiracy theories uh-huh. and, you know, was just kind of lost in, in that world, I think, and has since come out as far as I as I can tell. But that has brought to my attention a lot of these mm-hmm. videos and the type of format. And it only was when I started p- seeing people and then, and then your, your web series of breaking down how that's basically put together. And I think I don't remember who made this, but there was a particular video, uh, that someone else made, you know, breaking down the beats and what, and the mecha, the super tiny mechanisms of a video and how they change the music and what mm-hmm. they say and, Right. The overlays of, of images that have nothing to do with what they're saying, but it right, gives yeah. you uh, yes. an emotional sensation with right. dramatic music that I started realizing like, this is, this, there's a format here that, that hits something in our brain in a way that's very convincing. Yes. Um, did, were you ever, you know, taken in by one of those? Uh, oh my God, I can't think of one, no, man. Right? Uh, maybe Zeitgeist when I originally mm-hmm. saw that. I think Zeitgeist, I'm not sure that I've ever said this publicly. I think I was embarrassed about this for a while, but I think Zeitgeist was actually a, a bit of an influence on everything as a remix because mm-hmm. it had this stuff about, I, it was probably bullshit. <laughs> it had this stuff about how Christianity, Christianity was sort of this remix of other, of, of Egyptian religions and, and whatever. Like there are a few different and pagan religions and stuff like that. They all sort of, which pro- there's probably some truth to it, but I, I yeah. doubt the way it's portrayed in the series is correct. But 
Zeitgeist, I, I sort of found that stuff, but I don't know that the conspiratorial aspect of it really convinced me. But generally speaking, like even I remember, like I was youngish in the 90s and the JFK assassination had a real upsurge then, right? With and movie, people right? were into it. Yeah, the, the Oliver, Oliver Stone movie in like 90, 91, I think it was. There was a real upsurge in conspiratorial, like conspiracies were, and X-Files was happening, and like conspiracies were hot <laughs> in, in pop culture more so than right. like in politics or anything like that. It was sort of this just imaginative world that was going on. And like I remember watching JFK and thinking, you got it. Like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> like, do, like, every, like, this makes everybody did it. Like, what, yeah. what are you telling me here? This makes no sense. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I've always had, I, I may have got it from my dad, just some sort of like, decent bullshit meter like you really gotta like if you're gonna say something i mean this is carl sagan's line but extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence so if you're gonna say something that is like whoa that's a huge statement then you better like queue up like i want lots and lots and lots of stuff like i want reams of stuff telling me why that is true because that's the way reality works like it's just endlessly true like it's if you don't believe in evolution, if you look into it, like you can just spend the less, it's numbing. Like you can spend the rest yeah. of your life looking into why evolution is true. There's just no end to the information out there. And everything points in one direction or almost everything. So I mean, I mean my take is generally that uh, reality is endlessly true. There's just endless amounts of evidence out there telling you what is what. So when people make these, so I only say things, I think, in my series that are just obviously true. Like, everything is remixed. To me, like, I'm basically saying that ideas evolve from previous ideas. To me, that's a totally obvious, like, where else do they come from, right? Right. (laughs) And and if if, if it doesn't work that way, then why didn't the Egyptians invent the iPhone or whatever? Like, obviously, we have to build on the ideas that came before us. Uh, And even you you point out how nature does that. Yeah, exactly. There's no no example of culture. Yeah. Emergence and all of that. Yeah, there's there's nothing just dropping out out of the blue. Right. The theory of of conspiracy theory as well, I think, is one that's just there's endless. It's it's not that there's nothing radical about what I'm saying. It's it's right. very like it's it's very much uh, it's corroborated by many 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 sources. You can hear it from all sorts of different fields. I won't get too into what it is, but like it's endlessly monotonously true. I think I've just put like a pop culture twist on it that hopefully is yeah is, is more fun. And, and it seems like it is difficult to. There is a an imbalance of of um, you know having to prove a negative or having to um, take the time to dismiss every yes. theory yeah, yeah, that yeah. comes along or every supposed evidence that comes along. Yeah, and that's a that's a, a tall order. And yeah, in some ways, if people just want to believe something or they don't want you to believe the evidence that you give them, yeah, that is an endless moving goal. Yeah, right? for so, sure. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I like I will see what happens, but I'm sure I'm gonna. I didn't want to be a debunker right. when I got into this, right? Because that's that's just a thankless task. And you're, I mean, you may as well go vacuum the beach, right? Like it's, you're not gonna it's convince not, the yeah. people who so don't. Not going. You're no. not going anywhere with that. No. But I, I do realize there will be some of that going on. And I'm glad um, people do that. I'm glad there are people. Yes, for sure. I think, block. yeah, that's important work that people, there needs to be a countervailing force against the people who are making all these, right. all these crazy claims. But uh, I personally don't want to do it, but I'm sure I'll have to do some amount of it. So. Yeah. And I think um, there's an interesting component about, again, the way, that, the way our mind works. Mm-hmm. Um, and you go into the idea of that, you know, in the past, we had to, we're, we're like pattern 
recognition machines, yes. or we're looking for patterns. Absolutely. And we put these together in some sense, um, and we connect evidence, which is, you know, it's, it's a good system, but then yep. we might come to conclusions that yes. are beyond what the evidence gives you, yes. especially the more elaborate the explanation, for the sure. less likely it is Absolutely, seems, yeah. to, be, to be true. Yes, and we've done this throughout human history. So we've, yeah. we've used magic, we've used religion, we've used uh, science in, in right. more recent centuries. Like, we have all sorts of different methodologies for making sense of nature, and, and in particular, making sense of the unexplainable and, and the anxiety-producing. Yeah. And I You're think like, why do we die? Like, right. you, know, you, you need an answer to that. You can't just walk around. <laughs> you can't have people, you know, your mom and dad and grandpa dying and just yeah. thinking, well, I mean, who knows, really? Yeah. <laughs> I think that the thing that exacerbates that in some ways, it's not only that we're looking for patterns, but we often look for intent. Yes, absolutely. Right? And that's yeah. where we really get into conspiracy, the modern conspiracies yeah. where somebody is behind this. Someone yes. is orchestrating, someone is trying to achieve a goal, yes. and they have power, and this is why this is happening. Yeah. I mean, that's a very Western idea. I don't know how East. I haven't looked into this, but I don't know how Eastern cultures look at this so much. It seems to me like Eastern religions generally don't have that element so mm. strongly. I'm not sure, though. But yeah, in, in Western religions, certainly, like, uh, you know, God is, is some sort of fatherly figure who has a plan and, uh, he has intents and he's judgmental and stuff, you know, like he's got, uh, so there's a design, there's, uh, provenance is going on, you know, like, uh, so I think this idea that projecting, like, human values onto, Mystery is something that humans commonly do, and I'm sure it's it's not just uh, Western religions. That's just what I happen to know something about. But yeah, it seems to be some sort of. I think it's as simple as you know. I don't have robust reasoning to think this, but it seems as simple as like I like I live in this body and have a mind, and I have I have intentions to catch that rabbit or eat those strawberries or whatever like that's like that's me you live with i have intentions and you have to have plans and execute goals and stay and survive you know so i think it's just projecting sort of your interior life onto you know the moon and and whatever like what's the moon doing oh it's it's it has it's <laughs> it's doing it has an intention it's like that's how you get moon gods and sun gods and all that stuff right so i think it's it could be as simple as just projecting our interior life outward onto the yeah. inanimate and other living the, the rest of nature and it's and it's almost that we can't help but take but take almost any piece of information that is out there and put it into a story sure or into absolutely like, yeah we end up with you know the stars affecting this or that, yes. and that's a problem. Yeah, the the narrative drive of humans too is another aspect of conspiracy theories that I think is is really important. Like we, you know, I forget who referred to us as we're, we're the storytelling animal, right? Like storytelling somehow, like all cultures do it. It's this universal human thing. And conspiracy theories are cool stories, you know, like they're fun, they're dramatic, they have lots of conflict, uh, like they're, especially in the modern, like I, like when I think of stories, I think of more like the modern type, like the movie kind right. of stories, which is about big conflict and it's about people, you know, they aren't about, uh, modern stories aren't about, they're not about systems, they're not systemic, they're about people in conflict, they have intentions, right. they can't get what they want, they need right. to get what they want, like it's that sort of thing. And conspiracy theories are very much about that. And I just don't think that's the way that the world works. I know that that's going on under the surface. And people think that 
uh, I know that Donald Trump thinks he's like making everything happen and the economy's <laughs> going great because he's doing all these things and all the tweets and everything, but I just don't think it is. It's not like it's so no. much bigger than you. Like he's so small compared to the free market. And this is where it gets into the thing that f- for me was absolutely fascinating and really changed the way I look at the world. And it's weird because I've already was aware of the idea of complexity, the idea of systems, Great. right? Okay. And, but what you've managed to illustrate and rewatching the, sh- the series, I don't, I'm not even sure you use the word that I ended up using, which is incentives. I think okay. you use rules. I might have been in there someplace. But yeah, yeah, it might, yeah. yeah, it might, it might like be. Like just in passing. Right, yeah. exactly. Yeah. But it's suddenly, you suddenly managed to illustrate the idea that we just ended up building systems. Yes. Right. And those systems sort of take a life of their own. Yes. And they have so many elements that include, of course, people yes. more than anything else, but sure. not always, not only people. Yeah. Sometimes it's software and AI or, yep. you know, nature and, and everything else. Yeah. And the system just happens to tick, right? And it keeps yes. going. It keeps evolving. There's inputs, there's outputs. And in terms of where, where humans are involved, uh, are involved, the incentives mm-hmm. really kind of, Propel the system. Yes. And I ended, and I started seeing this everywhere. That's just great. like absolutely That's everywhere. Awesome. And suddenly I, I suddenly see examples like the ones I give when I, I tell people about this series, um, which you, you didn't necessarily include. You, you mentioned some of these in, mm-hmm. in, in passing again, but like the idea of, um, the ad model on the internet. That, yeah, sure. You know, we yeah, ended yeah. up with, uh, pay per view and pay per click. Yes. Which in turn, optimized for or created yes. incentives for yeah. um, eyeballs just watching the page but not yeah. actually necessarily reading quality yeah. of content yeah. you get clickbait yes. you get a listicles yes. you get all of these all these weird of- things that if you showed people 20 years ago or whatever like you People are really getting into this. You'd be like, yeah. "What is this?" <laughs> like, yeah, it's like, "What happened?" Why would how anybody we, look? Yeah, how sad! How did that we that's, get there? Totally. Yeah. Right, and then you get. Things I like, thought about. I thought about building that out actually about making it about the web, but it's, maybe it'll it just be a case study. Too, it just seemed study. too like just cinematically too drab. Right. You know, right. yeah. it's just. Uh, Pages. Yeah. Here's hot takes and here's listicles and. Yeah, but but yeah, the 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 way the rules of the internet have fostered that sort of content. And the, the rules of the system, they don't create the particular expressions, you know? Like, it's not that controlling, but it incentivizes a certain type of expression, just like Twitter, whether it intends to, and I don't think it does intend right. to. Like, Facebook and Twitter, they don't intend to have, they don't want, they want things to be nice on there. Right. Like, th- that would be their preference, because that's easier to sell, right? right? They don't want fascists, and and they don't want, like, the vicious conflict that's going on right. in most places. But it rewards engagement right. and we uh it, it turns out that we really like outrage is very engaging like we didn't like who tim berners lee like never would have dreamed of that when he invented the world wide web right but uh it turns out that the rules of the system of the internet reward outrage so now right. we've got this flourishing of outrage and it's not as simple as just those are the rules of the system and we're screwed because we also are part of the system like it's, our there's norms. multiple yeah. systems yeah exactly together. interacting and we're part of it and in time you know we'll get sick of that shit or right. we, it will definitely change there's no yeah, doubt about that we'll like we'll be like oh that's enough of the hot takes like yeah and it'll be super and cool and there'll be lots of social pressure for people to not share that sorts of sort of stuff and yeah, Things will change. And and I, I think that's the other important thing to to realize is that it's multiple, and you, you illustrate this well visually too in the series, but you have multiple systems and components 
that affect each other, and it's very complex. There's no clearly defined lines. It's fuzzy, which makes it more difficult. But yes. if you look at something like you have the one of the biggest incentive systems, right, uh, which is money, right? People yep. trying sure. to yep. make money. You have the human psyche, right, and the way that functions. And yep. then you have the ad model of the internet, and you get all of these tweaks to... Um, get us to scroll more and, mm-hmm. you know, page views and the sure. little yep. alerts and all yeah, that yeah, kind yeah. of stuff. And you end up with the system that you have that yeah. has, you know, unintended consequences. Yes. It fosters, it rewards and fosters that sort of right. behavior. Yeah. And I think as long as we're looking for someone to blame or someone that is trying to do this and we need to eliminate them or change the person in charge or something like yeah. that, which may have effect on the system. Obviously, we can yeah. affect the system. Yeah. But it's not, not saying you shouldn't do that. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And yeah. So, like, should you care about Trump if you were opposed to? No. Like, no. You should. Right. You should care about because Trump. some people have a lot more influence on the system than yes, others. Sure. Uh, Elon Musk and you know yes, Trump yeah. or, or various examples in, yeah. in different ways. But seeing that the that the system is complex is sort of the first step to really trying to even think about yeah. influencing it. Yes. Or, or changing it. And so. You know, I, I'll give one more example yeah. that's kind of different than that, that I, I suddenly noticed. At least in, mm-hmm. in my mind, this is a, an example. I remember, I don't remember the year, a few years ago, the FBI was, you know, harassing Apple to create a uh, backdoor, backdoor to yeah, their sure, operating yeah. system. Mm-hmm. And people started really, it's really when it became the general opinion, at least in my bubble, um, that the FBI is sort of evil and it's like sure. the yeah, yeah. deep state and they're trying, they're really trying to take everybody's yes. rights away. And it was around that time that I, you know, your, your web series kind of gave me this perspective shift. And I suddenly thought, I don't think there are people at the head of the FBI who are evil, who are trying to do something. This is more like I started looking at it at the system of mm-hmm. the FBI, like an AI, okay, mm-hmm. maybe a rogue AI, but but an AI sure, that was yeah. tasked with something, yes, and that's its incentive: protect the American people, yes, right, and and it has parameters, but maybe the refinement of the parameters is like at all costs protect the American people, right. even at the expense of their privacy and, yeah, and sure. maybe security and so on, yes, and it's not that these these people are evil or somebody at the head of them. Yeah. They're just like doing everything they can to have all the tools and control to be able to accomplish the task. Yes, it's like sure. a paperclip maximizer. <laughs> yeah, so it's exactly. A lot more, a lot more complex. Totally. And I think once once I saw those kind of various examples, um, you know, I, I see it at work, right? If um, you know, if I'm doing technical support and mm-hmm. your matrix for like success is you know how many tickets you solve in what amount of time, mm-hmm. you might be optimizing for one thing. Where if you look at, uh, you know, customer rating success, mm. you be optimizing sure. for another thing. Yeah, yeah. And then you have to realize, how are you measuring customer success? Is it just like a thumbs up, thumbs down? Is yeah, it right. like a scale of 10? Are you asking specific questions? Are you asking the right questions? Yeah. And this is where complexity comes in. Yeah. And leads me to the thing that I, I wanted to ask you about it when, when you think about these things. Other than being aware of all of this, what are the things that we can do or think about to kind of watch out for these things or be careful or be able to change. The only thing that came to my, my mind is building in feedback loops. Sure. Right? Something yeah, that huge, examines yeah. the system within the system. Yes, that's um, massive. Laws that have auto expiration date or auto renewal, mm-hmm. you know, renewal dates that require re-examining. Is this law still serving the original purpose that it was serving? Yeah. Things like that. What do you what I do you think the that? main points that I wanted to get across is that We traffic a lot in predictions. Like once you start noticing predictions in the world, like they're everywhere. Like so much of what people 
say is uh, is predictions. Like like and and they they've got these predictions because because they've got these theories in their head about how the world works, and they're full of predictions. Like people are they're just spitting out predictions all the time. The one one of the lessons of the series, I think, is that predictions are generally speaking worthless. Like there are certain generalized <laughs> theory uh, predictions that we can make. Like we can predict. Uh, uh, it depends on climate the change. Like climate right, change, yeah. we, we can like you can look at the trend line going back 150 years. Okay, right. you can say I think it's probably going to get hotter for a while. Like we've got a trend line going in one direction, and there's lots of evidence for why that is happening and why that is true, and why we're doing it, why it's it's human influence that's doing it. So um, there are generalized kinds of predictions that we can make, but generally speaking, predictions that have any sort of specificity to them have very low value. So stripping out predictions is, I think, is is very mm. important. Or just being super humble Aware, about your predictions. Yeah. Like you can even see the the failure. To me, the, the actual project was was a, a, an eye opening experience, right? Because <laughs> I thought it was going to take two years. It ended up taking eight <laughs> years, right? Like everybody, like so, like they don't yeah. maybe don't do it as badly as I did it, but like everybody has that stupid optimism, right? Of like it's going to take six months. Like no one's especially when triple. you tell it to a client. Yeah, totally. Uh, yeah. yeah, totally. Yeah, because you're juicing. You're trying to make it sound. You want the gig or whatever. And you're trying to make it sound really good. Right. It's this stupid optimism that we all have. You're trying to please people with with the with the delivery date that you give, right? And generally speaking, I would say triple it is, is good advice. Generally yeah. speaking, triple yeah. it. Totally. Yeah. So so beware of predictions is is one of the lessons of the series. And I, that's in, that's layered in there in a bunch of different ways. And I think like one of the main things that the complexity mindset to me conveys, it isn't so much about what you should do. It's about what you shouldn't do. Like, I think it, it, it strips out a lot of bullshit. Like, I think it shows you that like once you are more humble once you understand that it's unpredictable, what like once right. I make these changes, it is unpredictable what's going to happen. And you should be another another lesson, of course, is that you should be focused on rules. And I use the word rules loosely. Right. Like rules can be norms. That can be like how like how are things system? Yeah, yeah. Uh, where are the behaviors uh, in our office? Habits. Like, yeah, yeah. The, yeah, the personal habits that you have in your life, the norms in your office, whatever. Technology is is rules. So I use the using the word rules uh, very loosely. So pay attention to the rules. It's not so much about like punishing this person or removing that person or whatever like what are what what is the structure that you've built what are the what are the rules that are in place pay attention to those but also what's going to happen is super unpredictable like you can put excellent rules in place that sound great that's when i like people should be really wary of something like like a universal basic income that sounds great that's a nice idea i think everybody should have some sort of there should be some sort of base level income that everybody has somehow so there's there's sort of a safety net that yeah. that society has but what that will actually mean once you institute it is a total mystery. Yeah, yeah, we cannot know what's going to happen. And that's why, you know, we're something doing like experiments, geo- right? yeah, like yeah, and, yeah, and that's to the try to pilot, tease pro- it out. pilot programs is, is a great way to yeah. start. But the scale might be still. Yeah, exactly. Right? It's still, it might work on the small scale, but it won't work on the large scale. So it's still, it's still very mysterious. And you should be prepared for the negative, uh, the unintended consequences of it right. as well. So I think that's another important concept is unintended consequences. I don't talk about this in the series, but delays, like being concept, being aware mm. of the concept of delays, like 
it's it amazes me that when we talk about presidents, generally speaking, it's like, oh, like look at this these four years, and that's what he did in these four years. Like you think there's not like you think the, the stuff didn't is, ca- yeah you yeah. think the stuff didn't carry over. You think Barack Obama doesn't have stuff that came from Bush or from Reagan or Clinton or oh, whoever. Yeah. Like there's stuff that you know these things it take years it, to, yeah. yeah to 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 for for the dominoes to fall through the system. So delays. Feedback again. This is stuff I don't talk about in the series, um, but feedback is, an, is incredibly important. I, I thought actually the whole series would be about feedback at one huh. point. I ended up I wanted I know just kind of be more generalized than that rather than getting into something a sort of specific widget like that. But feedback, generally speaking, being aware of the concept of feedback, even in like I think like in our relationships is a good way to think of feedback in a very simple way. Like hmm. when you stop looking at. So many couples do this. Like they look at it as like, you're doing this, whatever. And you would just stop doing yeah. whatever you're doing to me. Like everything would be great. If you would just stop being an asshole, we'd just be super. Whereas if you look at it as feedback, like you're not just doing what you're doing in the relationship. Like you're responding. It's feedback. You are right. responding to me and I'm getting that back. And there's a cycle We're between us of feedback. Part yeah. of the system, We're yeah. both like that's so much more productive of a way to look at problems yeah. right so looking at if you can shift your i'll probably make a video about feedback at some point because i have stuff about it that ended up not going in yeah. the series but feedback is a super vital when you're talking about incentives like that's feedback right like yeah. that's so feedback is a super vital important and transformative concept that i that i'd love to see people understand better as well but generally speaking i i think what i was trying to convey was the unpredictability of changing rules like you cannot know what's going to happen and a, a kind of modesty that that needs to accompany that accompanies that sort of view like you just being aware of that like i have these good intentions and i want to do good things but shitty stuff might happen like we 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 go into our idea into our projects thinking like i've got good intentions and i'm a good person i'm going to do good things and when the shitty things happen we can like eva- we can evade them and obfuscate yeah. and like avoid responsibility for them instead of just thinking of it as you know these are the unintended consequences of my good intentions yeah and just looking at the world that way and and being aware that like your political candidate that you support like i like their ideas they sound really good but once we do this whatever once we have a wealth tax or whatever like there could be massively negative consequences to that as well so having some caution uh and some modesty about the, the what knobs you twist to right. to make things happen recalibrating our expectations being yeah. aware that our predictions are are not going to be accurate yes. yeah and all of that has a feeling like it's both reassuring in some ways and both kind of yeah and make you feel yeah, yeah it's sure, very scary yeah. because um, that somebody's in control even if they have bad intentions that's kind of comforting right yeah yeah, yeah. I, that's why i think you know the idea of god is comforting yeah for, totally for many many people absolutely um and 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 that was the like I, I i'll admit i go through life with the feeling of like it does seem just too complex and now it's getting more and more complex oh, especially yeah. society yeah. there's too much going on in the technology and I, it feels disempowering in, in some ways. Or in the culture as well. Right. Like just figuring out like with the new gender that. shifts that are going. Yeah. And like, what do you call people? And yeah. like, like, especially if you're older, like how do people keep track of this yeah. stuff? You know, like I, I can't imagine. And I think there is somewhere the desire to go like, if, if I could just figure out enough of it, maybe I can influence it hopefully for the better, right? Yeah. Or something like that. And I think there are people who sort of try and to a large degree succeed for sure. better or worse. I yes. think, you know, again, common example is elon musk that goes like i think i know how to you know revise the system by like changing something yeah. at a scale 
And that definitely has influence. I think Absolutely. people like that need to be careful where they wield that, yes, that, that motion. For sure. Um, but it, but it's also one of those things where, I mean, it's kind of out of control. People will do that for better or worse and they will, it will affect the system and hopefully it all comes out in the water <laughs> and improves <laughs> everything. But it's, yes. it's really difficult. And that's why I think the awareness of that, um, yes. is, is critical. But it is somewhat comforting in a sense that like, okay, there aren't these people who are like really controlling the system. Yeah. It is very complex and the unpredictability should at least, if you're, if you're aware of it well and, and can think about it in those terms, should tell you like, well, because it's unpredictable, I don't actually know it's all going to go to shit. Yes. Like, it, it, yeah, for sure. Our Climate bo- change. We don't, we don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I, I, I'm a, I think that yes, maybe technology got us in this mess and making things worse. I think we are, uh, our ingenuity can allow mm. for us to figure these things out and awareness yep. is growing. And yep. so it's all a mixed bag technology. I do think in some ways is really neutral, but it's how we implement it. Sure. Right. And we change how we implement it over time, which, you know, hopefully ends mm-hmm. up in a, in a better place, but it, but the, the sheer complexity of it, and I think no one is appreciating the, just the scale of the complexity yes. and intricacy of all of those systems and how they intertwine it's just it's just impossible think, to do. Yeah, no, totally. And I think that's something that I I settled on trying to get across is just understanding like how little you can understand as well is really important. Like that sounds like it's a depressing thought almost <laughs> almost right? Like cuz we have this we have this idiotic confidence, right? About what is going on in the world. Like you've got your ideology, like I'm a libertarian or whatever, and I've got it all figured out. I know it. And if only we do these pure libertarian (laughs) policies, then everything would just be ducky, right? But it's just things are just not that... Like the the scale of it, even the scale of like the stock market boggles people endlessly. That's just one. That's that's just a handful of sand on the beach, right? Like that's, that's just one small thing. So just understanding the scale of this society that we live in and how endlessly baffling it is and how all you can do like that you just i I think it's kind of freeing and that like you can't like don't expect to have mastery over like number one don't try yeah 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 it it, it, you can you'll be more cautious with with things that you do which i think is generally speaking a good idea uh but also you're you're not so hard on yourself and it's just a more realistic way of looking at because otherwise you're in the dark like you've got this idiotic Confidence will get you, overconfidence will get you killed, right? Like, I think yeah. overconfidence, generally speaking, is a shitty quality. Like, I don't <laughs> think it helps in art. Like, I've known people who get overconfident in their art, right? And I think that's a really lousy, I don't think it helps you in your, in your art at all. And I don't think it helps you in your, there is a place for this, right. for just this naive, like, I'm, it's gonna be great, and sure. I'm gonna do it, but, at the same time, having some like having some awareness under the surface, at least that I I don't know what's going to happen, you know, and I'm not responsible for what's going to happen. It's sort of I do think of it as sort of being a kind of Zen freeing. Yeah. You need enough confidence to get you going, enough yeah, courage for sure. to get you going, yeah. but hopefully not too much that you're oblivious yeah. to your. your and I think you can have confidence. Yeah, I think you can have confidence and have like under it. A, re- a realistic sort of vision right. of how the world works, and like build for it instance, on experience, yeah, rather than like just your imagination. absolutely, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like I think you can have you can have enough confidence to think 
creatively, like, I've got game, I'm good. Like, do I think I'm, like, the greatest thing in the world? You know, no, not necessarily, but and, and am, am I, are there people who are way better at different aspects of things than I am? Like, that's a realistic way of looking at things, right? Like, no matter what you are, if you're a songwriter or whatever, like, you're not the best guitar player, you're not the best composer, whatever. Like, there's people who are many, many leagues yeah. beyond you out there. But you can still go go out in the world thinking, like, I've got this interesting mix of things. You know, nobody has, no, that's true, that nobody has you're this unique, particular yeah. mix of talents that I have, yeah. yeah. And I've got game. I'm good. You know, like, I kind, of, I kind of know where I am in the scheme of things. And if you're good, then anything can happen. Even if you're not good, anything can happen <laughs> yeah. as well, right? Yeah. Like, you can, go, you can also look at it that way. Like, hey, maybe I'm not that great, but, like, uh, not everybody wants great in, right. their, in their songs or whatever, you know? So. And, and it's worth to be aware of, like, the, the sheer, you know, um, ra randomness of some elements. Yeah. Or at least, again, Luck. unpredictability. Luck, Luck. absolutely, like, yeah. So if you do go for it, if you interact with systems... You just by the sheer fact that you you are interacting, putting yes. out material, trying yeah. new things, talking to other people, and so on, you will end up in situations that might be you know productive or good yes. and, and stuff stuff like that. Absolutely. And on the larger scale, like of uh, social scale or economic scale, and those, uh, you point that out in the in the series, our confidence comes from having had good predictability with some systems, right? Like yes. we've developed science. Oh, yes. We can send somebody Absolutely. to the moon with yes. like high precision. We can know that comet is going wherever. Right. Yeah. And then we come to these systems that are... And I think that's... Ma we haven't talked about it, but I think that's massively influential on oh, Western yeah. culture, right? That that predictability that we had in modern science. Clockwork universe. Yeah, that is a massively influential right. idea. And, I, and we, I think we just mapped that onto society. And I think that's still, that's just in our DNA, cultural DNA yeah. at this point that we sort of think things work like that. And they, they and definitely don't. Part of the interesting thing, and I, and I haven't found exactly the component here, it's not just that those systems are necessarily more complex because you give that amazing example of the, the game of life. Yeah. Right? Where you have very simple rules. Yes. And it's just bafflingly yeah. unpredictable. Yeah. For, for almost instantly. Yes. Right? And so I wonder what it is different from, you know, physics yeah. about social structures and, right. and other, other right. you know, economic structures that are so unpredictable. Right. Is just more elements or just the rules happen to be different? Yeah, somebody who knows complexity science yeah. would, would know better than me. But I think it's about that there is feedback there. I will probably mangle this, so oh, take okay. this, yeah, the listeners take this with a grain of salt. But I think it's that there's dependencies between the elements, that, that there is feedback between them, or that there's some sort of decision-making. There's some sort of decision-making between the elements. Like, even in the game of life, there's rules like eat, eat, the the uh, the cells, people are going to want to talk about, but the cells mm. in, in, in the game, and the game's more of like a, a demonstration, right. more, more so than an right. actual game. Right. But they make little decisions about, okay, I've got two neighbors, so I'm going to die, or Based I've got three neighbors. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so they make these little decisions. So I think it's about having agents... I think complexity scientists, hmm. complexity scientists might agree with what I'm going to say it's here. Sounding right. Yeah, it's about having it's about having agents that make decisions. Like an atom doesn't make decisions, right? It just does what it's going to right. do. The rules are consistent all the time, and there's predictability to that. Whereas with uh, ants or people or neurons, you don't quite know what they're going to do under certain circumstances, right? Like they they make decisions, right. even if they're very simple decisions of just on or off or whatever, and that creates like in the game of life, they just yeah. make very simple decisions about whether I, whether I'm here or not, 
and that creates this endless complexity. I think that I think with with humans and, and society and so on, there are like so many subsystems that are, are in, in and of themselves are complex with decision making. So yeah. you have humans interacting, and you have you know brains and neurons and so on, and it, yeah. and it, it scales down all the way and includes transcends and includes you know physics, and so you yeah. get this. Uh, continuously emerging uh, levels, right, yep. in which which uh, could behave completely differently at yes. their level of complexity. Yeah. So, for me, this is this is fascinating because it's again, like I said earlier, it's it's illuminating, but it's really useful. It's really that's right. It it, it makes it makes. I'm less angry at the world. That's awesome, man. That's so great. I am too. That's so great. You know, I don't, I don't take things as personally, whether it's, you know, the way my company behaves about some things yeah. or the way, you know, the, the government behaves about some things or yeah. systems that are really less kind of managed necessarily by people. Yeah. And I can maybe do something about it or not. I can, you know, yeah. at least understand it and not get, um, I feel like to some degree I'm less battered by the world. Uh, Do you feel like you got that from this is not a conspiracy theory or did it send you on a journey someplace else that that gave you that? I think that's probably hard to say and this is like my own my own remix. Because I feel that way as well. I'm not like did I and I hope that's something that came across somehow. In in my brain it it, it has because when I saw you I think it was this past uh, XOXO that we Yeah or the one before I think. Yeah yeah. that I was like already like waiting to tell you and, and I've been waiting and that's fine i've been waiting years for you to finish the show so i can like start sending it to people because i wanted to send it in in, as a a package um but it's been you know it's been sitting in my brain and i started working on and i'm surprised it's not everyday thing i I want to like almost write a book about just just the just incentives which is i think the human subset of rules we need that that, that you should absolutely do that and so in large part it's already since the moment that bug got into my head in a sense mm-hmm. uh in a good sense it's been highly correlated with with the web series so i do think there's something that's, you know that's awesome and and of course like there were components in my mind already mm-hmm. you know, this is a philosophy podcast and i mm-hmm. think about those things and i i'm curious maybe we should you know that's a dangerous uh, mm-hmm. tangent to get into but like about free will right we have mm-hmm. we have like this big system and maybe laplace's demon can predict everything mm-hmm. in theory mm-hmm. i don't know if you you believe that or not but um, we probably, even well, he's in the series. I, he's he is in, in series. series. Yeah, I, yeah. Know, I know. Um, <laughs> uh, Sierra, uh, Simone Laplace. Pierre, Pierre, yeah. Pierre Simone, Simone uh-huh. Laplace. But again, I think from our perspective, even as machines get better and we'll get better at some, predicting some things, um, the sheer complexity is just really beyond yes. us. But, um, I do think that a lot of, I think there were components in my mind before I, I watched this series. Well, that's awesome. And I think as with the release cycle of the episodes too, I think as you were um, revealing more aspects of it and breaking down examples more and getting into the crescendo of really kind of spelling it out at the mm-hmm. end and getting to the systems part of it, right? Yeah. After you, you know, kind of illustrate the whole conspiracy mindset and, and how we look at things, uh, and then you get to the systems and the details and the rules, I think it really kind of solidified and, and helped me put all of the components that yeah. perhaps were mostly there uh, it might with. like part of it might be that like then you can look like if you have kind of a conspiratorial view and you're concerned about climate change as a lot of like young people are now I would be thoroughly freaked out if I was a young like a teenager oh God, right now yeah. like oh I do my. not blame people for being really angry 
But the way that you would look at that problem, if you got the conspiratorial mindset, would be like, these fuckers have just been <laughs> fucking every... They've just been raping nature for decades and centuries now. And now look at us. We're all screwed. But I, I think the more... The systemic way of looking at it is if you were a cog in that machine, I'll use a machine metaphor for yeah. I try to avoid them, but generally speaking, if you got hopped in a time machine, like you would drive you your car and, of- and go get in a plane and do all the things that we did that got us into the, the place that we're at now. So, uh, like it removes some of that, like when you have that feeling of just like somebody's doing this shitty stuff that's all around us, when you kind of, and I do think that happens naturally. I'm not saying that that doesn't happen. And there's plenty of conspiracies that are in the series that I right. talk about that are real. Actual, yeah. Yeah. They, they, they definitely that lends happen. They're not to rare. the idea of conspiracies, right? Yeah. And that's what makes sure. us more suspicious. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. For sure. Yeah. So, like, I think it, it's a way to look at problems that can hurt you a lot, that can frighten you, can hurt you a lot, but you can look at them as systems rather than as these people are doing shitty things to me. I, I will say this about the, the series, that definitely I, that the impact came from there. So, again, recently over the last few years, especially with Twitter, where I spend most of my time, um, you know, I, I left Twitter, like, uh, sorry, I left Facebook, you know, several years ago, yeah. um, but... But I still have Reddit and, and Twitter and, and, and uh-huh. so on. And the kind of conversations and the kind of attitude, right? Looking for intent in everything people say, like um, having the less charitable interpretation of what everybody does or says yes. is kind of like a mini conspiracy, right? Like they, yes. they're, they're, there's nefariousness yes. going on behind the scenes. Yeah, or just thinking that people don't mean what they're saying, generally right. speaking, right? Like, like, like this happens in like woke culture like i see people who are on the right saying like these people are woke like they don't really mean it i think generally speaking people mean what they say you know like i think that's yeah. i don't know if this is related to my show necessarily but like no, but it's just like people uh, it, that's a conspiratorial idea that right. there's some sort of facade there's some sort of illusion that that they're foisting on you right but i think generally a lot of the time people mean i and i know that there's there's real complications sure, there with, sure. with bots and trolls and all that stuff but uh, especially if you know people, like if these are people in your social circles or whatever, like mostly people yeah. mean what they say. Like I, I'd have to go hunt. Like I can't think of anything that I've said in social media in, in many years that I didn't, I didn't mean it. And I'm sure there's right. things in there I'd regret saying. Right. You uh, might, you but might I meant them. That's the other, the other thing, allowing people to change their mind over yes, time, right? Absolutely. Like we all grow yeah. and evolve, hopefully. Yes. But I've seen many cases of, uh, taking things out of context. Uh, yeah. Sometimes it seems purposefully can, kind of uh, oh, yeah. being, you know, sure. uh, ignorant on purpose yes. for about Absolutely. some, some yeah. of these things. And so as this was all happening, even even um, a lot of people on quote unquote my side, right? Like people yes. that I agree with about like 90 plus percent of the things. Sure. And they look at what Trump is doing, what the government is doing with this person or that person or this system or, mm-hmm. you know, all of those kinds of things. Like, like the police is X or this is yeah, Y. Yeah, yeah. I started seeing that kind of um, conspiracy mindset yes. and and ass- assigning intent and nefariousness, and then and then your your series came in and I started seeing it from that lens and yeah. I immediately saw that one I don't always know right like it's hard to just say I don't I don't know what yes. what's really behind this right what do, what do I actually know what is the evidence what is it that and you can still come up with a theory you can still but you have to hold it in such a way where like. All right, let me examine if this is the way yeah. I think it is. Well, just being aware that it's a theory exactly. helps as well, right? Like, right. I think most of the time we just think, we think our theories are real, right? right. We think, like, I have, the, like, what this, like, my 
notion about what this person intends, that's just real. Like that you're a racist. That's just, <laughs> that's your theory about who that person is, right. right? Right. And you just think that's real. But just being aware that there is this, there's this prism between you and them. There is this mental model between you and them that is interpreting right. uh, what's coming at you. Just So just, I think it just allows you to like hold things more gently, right? Like your beliefs, you can hold them more gently. Like you're not so attached to them. You can put them down if you need to. Uh, they aren't just embedded in you, like right. ingrained into your brain and into your psyche and into your personality and who you are. And then oh, yeah. if somebody attacks them, it's like, well, Identity. fuck you. Yeah, yeah, that's me. Like, fuck you. <laughs> Uh, so I think that helps a lot as well. The way I said it is, um, we can't help but, but have beliefs. We can't help but have yes, theories sure. about, about yeah. the world. As long as we can, to the degree that we can, yeah. realize that they are just beliefs and yes. we'll have more confidence or less confidence in, in some of them and keep revising yes. that, the credence, right? The, yeah. the and predictions and stories. Right. And, yeah, we do all these things. And, and, uh, and, and the, the, the series really snapped me out of, uh, um, I got, got, got embedded in that lens of like everyone is out to get everyone else right. or something like that. Right. And it really snapped me out of that. And yeah. I don't think I fell into that sense, which right. is, which is a big part why I send this. That's cool. It's, it's, it's wonderful. And it That's might so not great. have the same impact on everyone, sure. but yeah. it is as good of an illustration of that idea as I've seen so far. That's awesome, man. Marvelous. That's so good to hear. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you for, for my pleasure, man. Yeah, That's fun. Is, uh, awesome. So I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Like I mentioned in the conversation, we barely scratched the surface, especially of this is not a conspiracy theory, and I cannot recommend enough you watch it. And it is a measly 15 bucks and worth every penny. So go to thisisnotaconspiracytheory.com and check out the show notes for everything else. You can also support the podcast if you'd like at citizenphilosophy.com support. And until next time, thank you for listening.